0: As everybody knows, a climate disaster that Pakistan's federal Minister of Climate Change has called apocalyptic is ravaging across Pakistan. One third of the country is currently underwater. 1300 people are dead. 50 million people are displaced. Amna, Sabine and I are planning a trip, a disaster relief mission at the end of this month. And because we've been getting a lot of questions from everybody we've decided to hold this little zoom call where we would be able to via video and um, so that we don't have to take up everybody else's time as well, you guys can see it whenever you guys um, have time. Um, we're going to be discussing what. We have seen, as a lot of people already know, Sabine and I were on the ground in 2010. I was providing medical relief while Sabine was doing disaster relief and then continued to work in rehab and recovery with the same people that she started the disaster relief work with. Sabine has extensive experience working in the NGO sector. She's got about 10, 15 years of of experience. So she's gonna get into what she's been hearing from, uh, what she's hearing about um the destruction the level uh the magnitude of um despair and um what her field officers have been telling her people that she's worked with in the past and then we're going to get into amna and i will get into discussing why it is that we're going and um what it is that we plan to do when we're on the ground um sabine
1: what is the actual situation on the ground since you're the one who's most in touch with people on the ground and you've been following the news um, and the way you can follow it because you have extensive experience with relief work. Um, So please tell me, what's the situation on the ground?
2: Okay. Okay, the destruction is of such magnitude. If you put 2005 earthquake, and 2000, if you combine 2005 earthquake and 2010 flood Pakistan, together, Pakistan, yeah. Pakistan. this flood is much worse in terms of destruction, in terms of magnitude, like those two were
1: very bad. And now you're saying this is much, much worse. Yeah, those two
2: put together. Even yeah, Unbelievable. There is, there is no comparison, like we were there when the earthquake hit, we were there when the flood hit. In 2010? In 2010, yes. The amount of livestock, houses, agricultural land, it's unbelievable. Like you're there, you're seeing it with your eyes. But your mind doesn't accept. Wow! The disaster, the lives lost. It's unbelievable. Yeah. For those who
1: don't know uh, about earthquake in Pakistan or twenty ten floods, that was also very very uh, devastating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was devastating, and what Sabine is telling us is that now those two combined this is much worse than that. So I can't Sabine,
0: do you remember the numbers of how many people were affected by the floods? Uh, I'm sorry, by the earthquake? Do you remember? No,
2: no, I don't remember.
0: Because I remember in 2010, the, the final number was 33 million. I remember that. Yeah, that they said it was 33 million people were affected in the 2010 floods and being on the ground for both Sabine and I, the damage was catastrophic. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about 10 feet of water, four months out, still large swaths, like huge expanses of land, still 10 feet underwater.
1: And for earthquake, my, one of my friends, she was going for disaster relief there. And she told me that, like, there was one mountain she was doing Having construction done for another project there. And she said the mount, that same mountain that she had seen so many times, the mountain split. And you're telling me, Sabine, that this is, those two combined, this is much worse than that. That's
2: unbelievable.
0: That's unbelievable.
2: Because these people, remember, like first, they were hit by torrential rains. Yeah. Just like 24 hours ago, they're hit by flash floods. So already like close to 40 million people are displaced. Mm. Like they didn't have the time even to salvage whatever they could. Because it's like one thing after another.
1: And post-COVID too and inflation. And these people are in... Poverty-stricken areas, anyway, and these yeah. these are small uh, farmers. These are um, small cattle herders. These are um, yeah, like their
2: their standing crop is all gone: cotton, rice, sugarcane. This is right now, and like uh, after these crops, they starting. January, they plant wheat. The, agriculture, be... the, the agricultural land is like, useless completely, yeah. for yeah. at least for at least a year. At yeah.
0: least a year. Yep. That's yeah. what I remember and, too.
2: And, and they depend, and... they depend on their agriculture. Well, it's their asset. They use okay. it all year round. Yes. They store their wheat, they use that all year round well also, gone. This, they sell it in pieces yeah and also Sabine,
0: Sabine, sabine correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of these farmers also when even even on normal in normal situations uh, when floods are not there and when there is no aren't they working in debt anyway yeah
2: yeah yeah yes yeah. year round like they're they're forever in debt
0: which we call the intergenerational cycle of poverty yes, yes.
2: Yep. Wow. yeah like, the land they're working on is not theirs. Um, fertilizer, seeds, whatever, whatever they use. It's it's given by somebody on a very high...
0: Interest. Interest rate.
2: On a very high interest rate. And they never get out of it. Yeah, they're in...
0: Sort of like it's bonded labor in a way. Yeah. Bonded was, labor in a way. So these are, generally speaking, what we're talking about is bonded laborers that are now affected and they're the most affected. They're the most even devastated. Though, yeah,
1: even though bonded labor has been abolished in Pakistan, but it still exists. Everyone knows that. And
0: so Amna, <laughs> what, Amna, what is the motivation behind... We've been, we've been getting a lot of questions. Um, A lot of people, uh, objections, questions. I mean, you know, I, and neither here nor there, that's not... the the relevant part. Why? What is? Why are you choosing to go to Pakistan yourself? Right?
1: And I want to say that, yes, there there's a lot of objections. And I have been waiting to start my job. And it's finally starting. Hmm. Um, But I still am going to go. And I'm so thankful to my employer that they are understanding of this. Um, And, but I, when I, you and Sabine told me that this is happening and we're going to go and I I didn't even think about how am I gonna do this? I said, I'm going. Um, And my motivation to do this is multifold. I've always done um, human rights work and I'm always trying to help people And part of that is because I do believe, even though my life has been difficult, but I do believe that I was born in privilege and given opportunities that millions of others don't get or not don't get. And because, and my father used to say that those of us who are born with privilege, it is our duty to then serve others who don't have the kind of choices we have. And I also believe that right now, especially right now, like Sabine is saying, 2010 floods and um, earthquake combined, this devastation is much worse. And I feel like I'm from Pakistan. I went to med school in Pakistan. I did my medical education debt free. I My colleagues um, have half a million dollars that when they finished medical school Mm. my country of origin provided me this medication this education free almost free so it is my duty to serve wherever i can however i can
0: and this is why i'm going to say first things first i mean you have an extensive record in um and, and an exemplary record in, in human rights advocacy and all the work that you've done in Pakistan, which is phenomenal. Aside from that, you're a pretty distinguished doctor. So we're we're all very lucky that you're gonna be joining us and we're gonna go out there and, and do all this work. Um, the question for me is, a lot of people pose the question, why aren't you doing this in India? For those of you who don't know, I am Indian. Um, born in India, raised in America. So a lot of people turn around and pose the question to me as to why I'm not going, why I don't do this in India. Um I have certain reasons for that. It's not as easy for me to go get up and go to India, not not logistically obviously that's very easy. But as a as a physician going into parts of India, you have to have meet a lot of restrictions. Um you have to register your organization, you have to do this. We have not done that. We don't have the financial backing for that. Um while in Pakistan, it's been quite a bit easier to get set up on the ground. One, I did that in in Pakistan. We are registered um, Social welfare trust in Pakistan. We are a registered nonprofit in the United States. All of this was done in 2010, which is when LifeBridge was founded. So we have on the ground um, base properly. Plus, because of the work, the extensive level of work that Sabine and I were engaged in for the 2010 floods, we have a very um, close and supportive network there. So it is not like we're just picking up and just showing up there with nowhere to go and no idea of where to get started. We have all of the groundwork laid. Um, the food distributions have already started. They yeah. will, of course, get amped up when we get on the ground because we're there to manage it ourselves. And we are the ones who are bringing the funds there. Um, but and of course, to make sure that mismanagement doesn't happen. But um, because we all always say, of the
1: funds get to the effectees?
0: 100%. I have always done everything since 2010. Everything has been volunteer. From my side, from LifeBridge's side, 100%. We have never, I've never taken a salary. I've never taken a stipend. I've never had any of my expenses except the basic stuff like visas being paid through um, any of LifeBridge's efforts. Nothing. So whatever fundraising has always been done has always gone 100% to the effectees. That's it. No questions asked. I mean, even now, when all three of us are going, we're sponsoring our own tickets. None of us are taking any of the funds being raised to and no. putting it towards our own personal travel. So that's another yeah. important thing that I've been asked a lot in the last 10 days since we've started fundraising.
2: I, I want to um, ask Sabine. Um, and also, also one thing that even the people that we work with, they're all volunteers. Nobody is a salaried uh, staff so that's how and we have like zero overheads yeah and we were as we are arranging
1: our trip where each of us are connecting with our contacts in Sindh and southern punjab and then they are also volunteering to help us and do you know whatever they can so we're we're creating a network which we have already created and we're just
0: tapping into our network um yeah like we all have our own separate networks right I mean Amna you have yours through your human rights experience and all the all the years that you spent in Pakistan um we have I have people that I work with through LifeBridge from 2010 till 2013. And then Sabine, of course, has her extensive 15 year track record. Stellar as hell. That you know, over the course of working for UNOCHA
1: and 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 then creating LifeBridge and working with LifeBridge. And um, Sabine, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you have heard from people who whose villages have been swept away?
2: Okay, so um, I have been following the floods since third or fourth week July. Um, Of course, uh, since two months, the rain did not stop. It was continuously raining. So the first news that started circulating, it was out of Balochistan that um, villages are getting inundated like district after district city after city and then and that's just from rain yeah just rain okay. um floods hit yeah. um then of course it started everywhere kpk that other side of gilgit Punjab especially southern Punjab the devastation in southern Punjab is horrible like it's something that we have never seen yeah three days ago
0: now it's only I'm worried about those people that I was looking at that are stranded in the middle of Yes. um like where they're saying that the ocean is in the center. It's like outside of main city Sakkar, where the Kachi Abadi starts Mm -hmm. is where, and when they say Kachi Abadi, I'm sorry, I need to explain that. So that means that these are, these are parts of the region that don't have infrastructure. They don't have roads. Um, they're basically mud pathways that go lead into the village and back. So it's all mud and, and agricultural land. Um, also, Once, on the, so-
2: both, both sides of uh, River
0: Indus. Right, both yeah. sides of the River Indus that run around, along the banks. So all of those areas now are kind of there were huge expanses of agricultural land and now there are oceans in the center of it, separating certain villages from the main city roads. And there's in the video, the way that they were showing it is that um, Hamid Mir was I'm sorry, I'm talking about the video that was Hamid Mir. So he's getting in from main city Sakhir into a boat in a region that I've been, by the way, I've been to that area um and he's getting into the boat and he's taking the boat across and when he it's almost like 5 or 7 minute boat ride and then at the end of the boat ride there's a sh- small expanse of land which is in the middle basically it's a mound it looks like a little mound that probably was yeah, a, little, like higher a up. little island it looks like a little island all the trees that are like normally 10 feet and 11 feet high are half underwater. And these people are sitting on these cots that are kind of like just sitting in, in the middle of the water, trying to protect themselves from, I guess. And he's saying that it's already the mosquitoes, the bugs, the snakes have already started. We're all starting to get sick. We don't have access to food. And now I was worrying. I was thinking not
1: access to safe
0: water. No, obviously not. The only water that they have is the water that they're surrounded by, which is full of garbage that's now coming out. And then the mosquitoes and the bugs are starting to get um, on top of that, populate. And then the people are getting sick. And I mean, defecation, going to the bathroom, all these things are such like when you start to think you spiral.
2: It's like if
0: they're surrounded by water, where are they going to the bathroom? So that water is kind of lapping up onto that area where they have land and then it's going right back into so the poop and the pee and everything else is going into that water. I'm not just talking about human. I'm talking about even the livestock that they have.
1: Livestock,
0: yeah. is also clearly going to the bathroom, so it's just mixing with the water that's right there underneath them. They're sitting on top of that. They're just it's it's like a it's, it's a, cesspool yes, a
1: cesspool of infection.
0: Yes, a of infection. They're sitting on. And that was what um my observations were when I was in um in 2010 when i was there there was a prevalence of eye infections skin infections um diarrhea bloody and watery diarrhea Cute,
2: yeah.
0: um what did you say
2: acute acute diarrhea
0: yeah yeah, yeah. acute and chronic um <clears throat> we started to see infectious disease explode um measles because remember all of these people are living in ten cities first of all Right now, there's no tent cities, so they're just basically in the open air, in close proximity to each other, trying to like huddle around and get save themselves from the water. So they're on small like patches of land, and they're bringing all their wet, you know, blankets and whatever. Everything that they own is pretty wet right now, so it's all attracting infections, bacteria, bugs. And then on top of that, um, when they do get the tents, the tent cities are built in such a way that they're hardly like a foot apart from each other because they need they have small parts of land that they set these ten cities up so it's only it's so cl- such close proximity that all infectious diseases now suddenly become a thing like malaria if that one kid gets malaria from the mosquito guess what all those kids are getting malaria because kids. that mosquito is attacking the entire ten city it's yeah. not exclusive there's not they're not far apart so they're very close that's one two pneumonia one person gets it everybody gets it it's like wildfire yeah. so and and there are tons um, of pregnant women who are malnourished to, to begin
1: with and malnourished they're...
0: to begin with. Yes. So malnutrition is a thing is a reality, which gives them bad immune systems anyway. Um, they're not, their immune system is not at its peak because they're, they're malnourished. So, and then now they're, they the stress, You know, we, we all know that stress is also
1: a, a risk factor for your, to, for you to get low immunity
0: so yeah. yeah so i was going off um on a list of things and it's eye infections skin infections cholera bloody diarrhea communicable diseases like measles worm, worms pneumonia tuberculosis malaria fungal diseases um vitamin deficiencies from f- poor diet anyway but now it starts to even get more magnified like they end up with night blindness um and then yeah, trauma upper, upper respiratory upper respiratory infections. Yes. Pneumonia. I said pneumonia. So, um, and then of course the flu COVID is, is a thing still in Pakistan. So COVID is going to be all around. Dengue. Dengue. Yes. And trauma. uh, Measles. I did say measles trauma. Um, that is from accidents because they can't see where they're putting their feet. They are barefoot. So they're, they have more skin infections because they can't walk with slippers in four foot water in mud. It's not possible. So they end up with like some, even some people lose limbs because of the kind of accidents that they have. Um, I had a patient that showed up with a huge, it was a small cut that she got in her foot because she was walking in the water and she stubbed it on something that she couldn't see inside the water. And by the time she got to me, which was probably two weeks later, her entire foot was gone. It had to be debrided. I mean, she didn't lose it. Thank God, because I was able to see her and then debride her foot. But and nurses it back but it was it was a bad scene so you have to like it's surgical too it's not just you know, giving people medicines, there's a lot of damage. Um, and then one thing that nobody talks about, but we all know the effects of, because in Pakistan, when you're when you're in this kind of a situation, these people don't even have an understanding of depression and anxiety. So we're we're treating depression and anxiety, but they don't know that that's what's going on. Because really, what's the point of telling them that because they can't seek out care anyway. So depression and anxiety is a very big thing. It's a very real problem. Obviously. When you're on the ground,
1: you, everything, you lost everything.
0: Of course. And there's and no hope.
1: And you were in no debt hope. to begin with.
0: You were in debt to begin with. There's no hope. Your kids, you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You have. You can't even begin to fathom or understand that how you're not going to have an income for a year because it's the only thing you know how to do. It's not like you know how to do a bunch of other things. You're a farmer by trade, by life, by education. I mean, real-life education. But it is a... um. In my personal opinion, it is definitely a disaster of epic proportions. And as people, to answer the question and not to go back to it, why do I do what I do is purely because I'm supposed to, because yes. I can. I can't move mountains politically. It's not my thing. I I don't know anything else. I was trained as a physician. I can go and do that. And, and so I'm going to do that. And... I don't really care what the political situation is. I don't know. I don't know what is, I don't know how to even start to comment on things like uh, India, Pakistan relations or Pakistan, America relations or whatever. It is all offered help. Right? No, but I mean, uh, you're, you're a hundred percent right. All of the countries are, but I'm talking about when I, at when I get asked these questions, they're the, the way that they're posed is, well, why are you going when, when Pakistan is whatever? Or why are you going when America is whatever? And for me, it's like, I don't have an answer to that. All I know is that when I go there, I feel at home.
1: Yes.
0: When I go there, I mean, even in the podcast that I did back in 2010, somebody said to me, you're here. uh, Christopher Lydon, actually, the person who hosted the podcast, says to me, you're here and you're saving lives. And I said to him, I was like, no, they're saving me. So, Synth has been an absolutely wonderful experience for me. I have received a lot of love and a lot of respect. Um, It's never been like, security issues and whatever. For me, I don't even understand that. So my hands are tied as far as what I can do. Um, And being on the ground in 2010, I know what gets done. So I want to go and do it myself and know that whatever money that you guys are donating is going where it's supposed to go.
1: And the need is so dire that we've put our goal as 50,000. But to me, it seems like
0: a drop in the bucket. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I used to say when I was there, when I was in Pakistan, I I remember the very first time I went there, I felt like I was going to do something big. Like I'm going there and I'm going to actually save people and whatever. And I remember six months into it, I started to get so depressed because it started to feel like no matter what I do, there's still more to get done. And it's like, where does it stop? And then I had to remind myself, I had to say, listen, This doesn't matter. Don't get caught in all this garbage thinking of like, you're doing this or you're doing that or like some end goal. That's not the point. The point of life is to live it every day.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, but you did save a lot of people. Like the first day I remember, Geet was in the field in a camp city in Shikarpur. The first day she saw 172 patients. Wow. By yourself, by myself. By herself, Unbelievable. Without breaks, like, there are no restrooms. There was nothing. She did not eat anything. And remember, like, she continued seeing patients after sundown. There is no electricity there. People, they turned on their uh, cell phone lights. Somebody brought torch and the bugs and insects everywhere. Oh, my God. But she did not stop. Even now, even now, like the hospitals, BHUs, RHCs, they're all underwater. There is no medical relief camp in any district, in any province, be it Balochistan, Sendh, KPK, anywhere. Right. So imagine like you both are going at a much, much, much needed time. What about you, Sabine? Why are you going? Left up to me, I would leave right now and go. Like this is all I know. Um okay. Right now, the situation is that everybody who can go, should go. Like, it's not just about Balochistan or sin. The entire country needs us. Um, I get very... You rest- guilty
1: that you, you're not able to go sooner than you were planning? Absolutely.
2: Like, in 2010, left up to me, I would go, like, right now. And do what I did beautifully in 2009. We were amongst the first ones to respond. So, yeah. Even like today in the morning, I was walking back and forth thinking, that should I leave today? Should I go? Because the need is so much. Like... Yes, we are going there. But to me, now is the time to go.
1: Yeah. Um, but I also think that, you know, we don't want to be a liability. So in that way, I feel like you and uh, you have a most ex- extensive experience in disaster relief management. Um, Geet has too, Um, um, and I don't have it like this. Um, My work area is different, but I just feel like if the water recedes a little bit, then we will be able to do more. Um, And that's why, and also, there are practicalities of life that each one of us has to deal with. But that's what, you know, we we each have talked about why we're going, um, what's the magnitude of the problem. And I think our appeal is to everyone to, yes, no, you know, like you said, anyone who can go should go. And there are people who are going. There are people who are, I know most, a lot of doctors who are just planning like I am that I'm I'm going. Um, and we we want people, those who can't go, really think about it that every day most of us, like I like to have a cup of coffee from Panera or Starbucks or my favorite coffee shop. Um, it costs five it costs five dollars or six dollars with a tip. Um, so just give $6 a day. Think about what how much $6 a day is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What a dollar means for them, especially right yes. now. So... For one dinner out.
0: In you know, think about it. One dinner out with your friends. Just don't go to dinner one, one week.
2: Yeah, put a
1: garage sale. You're right. Take things out of your house that you don't need. Put a garage sale up. Send us that money. Do, yeah. You know, just do whatever you can to help those who are going there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also, like, I know there is a disconnect. A lot of people don't know what Pakistan is or, like, what's going on in Pakistan. Um, But when they do, eventually come to know about the about these floods, they they should look at it. Nobody, nobody should look at it that, oh, it's Pakistan or it's Haiti or it's India or Kentucky or Tennessee or Yeah, yeah. Like they should look at it at a human is in distress, you know? Oh. Like they should look at their thirst their hunger there are districts that have not received like people in so many districts that have not received or seen a, a piece of bread
1: yeah in i want i want people to look seven up, days i want people to look up that video it's on life bridge um site Lifebridge. also uh, where this little girl That's what got to me. This this little girl is sitting there with a food bowl in her hand, but there is no food in there, and there's flies coming in and out, and she's just numb. And she's just
0: still she's
1: pretending there's almost
0: almost like she's in a daze. Yeah. Yeah. Like, please, just like she's imagining
2: that there's food and like
0: and that that just i i couldn't sleep yeah but when you look close enough like if a medically trained eye looks close enough at that video it starts to look like she's going into some court some sort of
1: yeah some sort of
0: hypoglycemic state where you get slower and you just start kind of nodding back and forth and it's very distressing for people who can see
1: and we want to think about that due to global warming, there is devastations everywhere climate change the even the developed world is getting that now. So we and everywhere like Sabine said, it's the it's not geographic boundaries. it's not those, it's not ethnicity. It's a person, a human being. we can I cannot live with myself without trying to
0: do something yeah. anything. We have to do something. It's just yes. sitting here, turning a blind eye, talking about donor fatigue, talking about. And here's something else that I really wanted to say too. Remember, a magnitude of this disaster, any mag, any disasters, there's always things are done in layers, in phases, and yes. there's a reason for that because it is a very, very taxing experience for relief workers to be there. They are working almost 20 hour days when they're on the ground, they get, they're going nonstop. I was one of those people where I was seeing patients 172, 175. There was a day that I think I saw no jokes, probably somewhere like 220 at my peak. And it's because the magnitude of disaster is so bad. Each mother's child is on death's door. How are you turning them away? How are you saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm tired, I have to go sleep. Like, that is a horrible, horrible state to be in. And when you're in that place, the level of fatigue, exhaustion, it's not fatigue, it's pure exhaustion. When you're so exhausted, you're so tired there is a reason, there's a system that the UN, for example, has in place where they only make you work for like four weeks at a stretch. And then they send you off to your R&R or whatever. And there's a reason for that. These are very valid things that they have in place through trial and error, because it's such an exhausting experience to do this work. Mm -hmm. Mentally, physically, we're not even getting to emotionally yet, because most of them don't even know how much PTSD they have from the things that they see. So we're not going there. But Point is, is that it's important to remember that even if we're not there right now, doesn't mean that the work that we're gonna go there and do in two and a half weeks is not going to help. It will be imperative for us to be there. And then more of, people have to go, you know, go and more outdoor, people have to go, go November, because you have to do in it in December. like. This is not going. Yes, to go in waves. Yeah, in waves. It's going to come in waves. So if we're going, we're leaving somebody, or we're just adding more to the expanse of work that's getting done. I don't even know how many of the local NGOs that are now on the ground. Most of them don't take rest; they just keep going. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah of course,
1: like you know, it's like, it's like when when we were hit with. COVID in New York, doctors and nurses came from many other states, Texas, Florida, Georgia, um, and they helped. And then when they were hit with COVID many months later, then a lot of healthcare workers, community from New York went to these days. So it's the same thing. The it can be Pakistan, wherever the need is right now. One third of Pakistan
0: is underwater.
2: Yeah.
1: That's I don't know what else to say.
0: I don't know what else to say. Yeah. So now my final thing is going to be because I think that we've put the point across pretty, yeah. um, pretty, pretty nicely. My final thought is going to be, I'm going to speak in my mother tongue. Yes. To to my other the, brothers and sisters, irrespective Religion, irrespective of where it is that you're living. um Minji kuzare shai, minji ta kha minti hai. Kuch bhi ta kyo? Dhar dollar, pancha dollar, viya dollar, saor dollar, hazar dollar, pancha hazar dollar. Jethri ta jethi taqat hai. Ta kyo? Sindhu hoye thi, aisa na sindh vasii dukh mein. Eidi Tabaye, Edi Tabaye, Jeko Asange Demagagi, Soch Jete The Sago, please a Doctor Tindasi, Asapano Tense Distribute Kandasi, and Jedi Hundasi, live videos be Kandasi. The Baitami Thank you very much. Amna.
1: Um, may, I will apologize to fluent Saraiki speakers because my, I'm my father is Punjabi and I was I was brought up in Lahore and my mom is Saraiki but I I will um, my Saraiki is very broken, but I will speak it. I me me talk to you Sarai ki viseb, sada viseb budi aphe hai, saare nyanay, nyanay, nyanay akol, peen lahi, paani kai nahi, roti te baad vichasin na, paani mama nyanay akol, visriyaan pahin Jure Itha ज़्यादा बर्बादी है ऐसा लूटपुट उजड़ Asandi या साढ़े धरती ऐसा धरती उठा but I go Kal the which Asan Soch Sagna Kal the Anvalid me They the Waku. बेंती करंदी पियां जो दे सकते हो तो सा दिल खोल के दे सोचो वैसे बुढिया थे उजरे फे
2: थैंक यू करें ज्यादा से ज्यादा मदद करें हर कोई उठे पूरा पाकिस्तान प्लीज अभी अपने मजहब और सियासत और इन सारी चीजों को बीच में ना लाएं मदद करें आपकी नजर वो किस पॉलिटिकल पार्टी से बिलोंग करता है या सपोर्ट करता है इस तरह की सारी चीजें साइट पे रखें इसके लिए पूरी जिंदगी पड़ी है पाकिस्तान में लोगों के पास ज़्यादा टाइम नहीं है। इस वक़्त अगर मदद नहीं की, खाने की मद में, पानी, शेल्टर, मेडिसन, अभी बोलो ये ये चीज़ मांग रहे हैं। इस वक़्त अगर मदद नहीं की तो फिर वो कफन मांगेंगे। नीचे पानी में बैठे हुए ऊपर से पानी बरस रहा है उन लोगों के पास। please, please, please मदद करे
0: बस। That's it. Thank you very much. Yeah. I hope you got the information on the um, <clears throat> The questions that you had answered from our podcast, I'm sorry we got a little emotional, but we are actually all very emotionally moved by this, which would probably be the other reason why we're going to go do this. But um, all of our um, donation info is now on our Facebook page, Um, whichever way that you would like to donate, whether it's Zelle, whether it's a direct wire transfer, whether it is using that link, um, just whatever it is and how much ever it is, it doesn't matter. Just please donate. Thank you.